Hey everyone, welcome back to some more Shaolin Showdown. JJ Kearney and I are going to be talking about our third week of the show, uh, episodes 9 through 12, so we are nearing the end of the first season, which is crazy. Before you know it, we're going to be closing out our entire watch through, which is, yeah, it's just nuts. So um, we'll start, of course, with, uh, we're taking a trip to New York um, for uh, my homie, Omi. Um that's the title of the episode. <laughs> um, so what were your guys' impressions of uh, My Homie Omi? Uh, in my opinion, it was a fun episode, and uh, I like some of the... I like the character that was introduced here in Jermaine, uh, and the basketball challenge uh, showdown fit the fit the episode, so... Um, I feel like it was a very stereotypical view of New York, <laughs> um... But yeah. I, I did like the kind of fish out of water element that we got with them, mm -hmm. um, with them as a team this time, as opposed to individually. Uh, Jermaine's great. I think this is the first time that on a mission they've like connected with side characters. Mm -hmm. So I would like to see more of that in the future. Um, but yeah, I mean, we got Space Jam. <laughs> yeah, Space Jam for yeah. sure. Kearney, your thoughts on this episode? I was excited to rewatch it because, like, when we were younger, Brookie talked about this episode in Jermaine so fucking much. And rewatching, I'm like, yeah, he's he's a solid. He's definitely like the, you know, reason to watch this one. Yeah, um, it was really good, really great challenge, and uh, some funny moments we can get into. Oh, absolutely. Um, logic. Yeah, let let's. I think, uh... Raimundo and Jermaine would get along really well. Oh, yeah. I absolutely can buy that, for sure. I mean, Raimundo even says as much, like, hey, I like this guy. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I want to see... Uh, I don't want to spoil how much more Jermaine does show up, but um, you can rest assured that he does show up again. Hell yeah. So, but cool. I... Let's talk more about Jermaine. Um, I, I really like how he's like Omi's ticket to kind of knowing New York a little bit better and um, really helps him out with the uh, three basketball dudes. Um, and uh, so I, I really like their dynamic together. Um, part of me does wish that Jermaine went along with them because I wouldn't be opposed to him actually joining up with the monks. Well, I mean, maybe he will. Raymundo's going off on his own. There's an open spot. <laughs> Gotta fill a void. Yeah. Kearney, any more thoughts on Jermaine? I like how when he rolls up to the court, I mean, I don't know. Him and Omi's like, relationship is pretty wholesome. I got a soft spot for that type of shit. But yeah. He rolls up to the court and they're all like, ah, shit, it's Jermaine. Like, this dude already <laughs> has like a whole reputation. <laughs> of, like causing problems yeah gangbangers and um yeah man he's cool yeah he's cool yeah jj you got any more thoughts on jermaine or are you not really i mean i we haven't had enough time with him for me to really say much more like uh it, there's just not a lot of character development from him yet because he's only been in one episode so. right that's very very true um yeah, and I mean, we'll definitely get into some more funny dialogue later when we get our, our funniest moments. Um, 
Uh, all right, and then uh, let's talk about the Shangon Wu, uh, the Serpent's Tale, which is the only Shangon Wu in this episode, which is pretty nice to have it center on only one Shangon Wu again. Um, and it's a really cool, it's a really cool concept of a Shangon Wu that just never stops moving in the city that never sleeps. So, um, I, I I really like this uh, how well it fits into this episode. It presents some interesting questions about like how the Shangon Wu works. Right. If it's always moving and it can take the holder along with it, how do you? How are they even holding it? Also, <laughs> if it can go through walls and stuff, how do you store it when you're not using it? I don't know. Actually, that's a. Lot a... Of, uh, it seems like a lot of the times in the show, you know, when they when the Shangong Wu reveal themselves, they're kind of feral almost. Like some of them don't do anything, but some of them try to get away. Mm-hmm. And like once they've been fought over, they're almost tamed in a sense. They can mm. kind of calm down. That's like just the vibe the show gives off. I'm sure there's no like super tight internal logic about it, but no. But I mean, th- that's an interesting take, and I would totally buy that. Yeah, I would as well. I, I think that makes sense. I don't always need everything explained to me, but I still like asking the questions. Right, yeah. right, and I think that's a good question to ask for sure. And I, I, I think, uh, I think it makes sense because then at this, then after this episode, we see later on, even this week, that the serpent's tail then is like Kearney said, tame and not moving all over the place when it's stored. So, right, yeah. Um, I always get really excited to see the serpent's tail because I like know where it goes pretty soon. And also just, I was thinking when I was watching it today, like this is probably like one of the most overpowered Shang Gong Like they don't use it as well as they should because it's a cartoon. But if there's any like race component, you just fly straight there and get off the tail and no one can touch you because you're, <laughs> unless they shoot lightning at you as we found out later, which I didn't know. Yeah. That was that was interesting to me to think about that because I was like, oh, so I guess the eye of Dashi is the is the trump card to the serpent's tail. But I guess so. <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, then let's talk about the Space Jam showdown. Um, like that'd be freaky as heck to be like, as Jermaine notices, like all of a sudden the basketball court goes up into space, and then you just have the whole like pavement crack open, like. Uh, honestly how do you even play basketball without the pavement like i'd be scared of falling <laughs> yeah but you're not a shallow dragon so it's that's probably that's true easy. well i guess I mean, jermaine wasn't either yeah that's true. Yeah. yeah you're not a shallow dragon or like a street basketball player <laughs> you stand no chance or a giant robot <laughs> yeah that's true or or jack spicer apparently <laughs> But I guess Jack can also fly around, so I, I get it. <laughs> I feel like I could get the whiny mama's boy vibe down pretty easily. Maybe I could do this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> I could complain a lot and like whine about my parents, but the fact is that I don't know how to build a hover pack, and I probably never will. Yep, that's true. Yeah. I not have that knowledge. <laughs> That'd be nice to figure that out, but we're probably yeah, yeah. still a long time away from figuring that out. Oh, I'm fully convinced that it exists in some capacity in the world. It's just not going to be me that patents it or invents it <laughs> or ever uses one. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think Shaolin Shodown, I mean, we even see later in the later episodes this week, I mean, they do a lot of pop culture references at the time, too. So, um, so I, I don't, I don't, I don't think, uh, or I, I don't think that they weren't thinking about, like, I think that they were thinking about Space Jam, for sure. <laughs> Probably. So. That would make sense. Um uh all right and then uh funniest lines from this episode there's a lot of funny stuff in this episode i'd probably say the one where the dude uh says uh i'm gonna bust your grill and omi's like uh i don't eat from a grill i'm a vegetarian a very healthy lifestyle <laughs> does he not like grill vegetables have you ever had zucchini on the grill like bro Ooh. yeah i don't know make you become vegetarian <laughs> <laughs> um I also like the uh, Jack is like I'm not gonna face Jermaine and and Jermaine's just like you afraid of getting whooped, little boy. And Ramundo's like I like this guy. <laughs> um, and then my final. What I appreciated about this episode was like when I listen to like people from New York talk about the city, they're always like, "Yeah, dude, at, there's so much like weird shit going on that like you don't even pay attention to it." And that was really well represented in this episode by like all the New Yorkers. Just really over it yeah the the weird homeless guy talking about aliens and barking like a dog don't get many dragons but aliens that's yeah cool, you know? yeah okay so there's that and then right after that like jack spicer flies into the ship and for a second i was like oh damn that's a ufo that guy was right was like, oh, no it's just I, I don't think that was intentional but it fully like tripped me up I was watching that. <laughs> you know, I would not be surprised for aliens to come into the show. Mm -hmm. And it wouldn't bother me one bit. Yeah, I mean, I'm even trying to remember. I don't want to, like, I usually can remember most everything from stuff that I really, really like. But I'm trying to remember if aliens actually show up in this show. And I can't remember. So I don't I don't know that que answer to that question yet. <laughs> um <laughs> But uh, any other lines or moments that you guys liked from episode nine? I, I could be next episode, but I think it was this episode. Clay says going faster than a turkey on Thanksgiving. That was this episode, yeah. Yeah, and to me, like, I'm wondering how well the others actually understood that line because Thanksgiving's very much an american thing mm -hmm. um and none of them are american except for clay um but then that made me think later omi tries to it, this is in the next episode omi tries to do one of clay's metaphors but he does it through the lens of his culture and the things that he knows he's talking about like a specific kind of insect and flower that i don't know anything about right so it's just kind of interesting but yeah good catch That's yeah was really good. Kearney, you got any more funny lines or moments from episode 9? I got a couple. Yeah. Um, one thing I like, uh, one thing I thought was cool is like the Jack Spicer train going through the center. <laughs> yeah. Really cool design. <laughs> you know? And they're like, oh. And then they're riding <laughs> um, Dojo as a train and like they're inside and like holding on to his internal organs. <laughs> God. <laughs> Just another like disgusting Dojo moment. Yeah. You know, I love. <laughs> How does Dojo do the things he does? Like, is he just the the shapeshifter bot himself? Yeah, I, I mean that's. Think about it. It's magic. 
So also that robot like steps on Jermaine at one point. <laughs> yeah. And I know it's a cartoon, but like that dude's like spine should be put in. You see though, it can't be pudding because someone ate the last pudding. Yes. Yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah, we will get to the pudding cups. Um yeah, I mean, I also like the line of um, uh, Omi's just like, I'm not, I'm suddenly, I'm not feeling all, like, all that, all a uh, bag of chips anymore. And Jermaine's like, for real. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, Omi's starting to get some of the pop, or just some of the, the idioms. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jermaine was the one who finally, uh, finally got him on the right track with those. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, it'd be nice to have... That's why I think Jermaine needs to stay, because then Omi's going to learn so much more from Jermaine. So, um, yeah, I mean, is there anything else from episode 9, or are we ready to move on to episode 10? I think we can move on. All right. You gotta think about Omi's uh, drip. Oh, yeah, the the <laughs> the um, style that he gets from Jermaine, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, I don't think it really suits Omi. <laughs> no. <laughs> So, in the Shaolin Showdown video game that I have on PS2, one of Omi's alternate skins you can unlock is the, is that drip. <laughs> like, That's awesome. yeah, so it's, uh, it's a really funny, uh, reference when you get in the video game, so, um, cause otherwise Omi's just in his robes most of the time. <laughs> yeah, not everyone has the Kimiko treatment having like 8,000 different costumes. Yeah, I don't really know how I feel about her having dreadlocks in this episode, but you know. Okay, how do you know they were dreadlocks? They could have just been braids. Okay, that's true. I was going to say that too, but I was, I still looked at that and I'm like, hmm. Uh, yeah. It's very 2000s. Yeah, I mean, I, I just don't think that fly now. <laughs> um, but I don't know. Um, all right. Let's move on to episode 10, Big as Texas. This has some really good stuff in it. Um, uh, so this is where uh, we get to talk about Clay and his father and that relationship and everything. And I really like this arc for Clay, and we get to see uh, one of the monks' family members, which is nice. And it won't be the last time in the series we see a family member from uh, of one of the monks. So Yeah, I... Uh... I liked the character of Clay's dad, even though I, I just wouldn't like a guy like that in real life because he's really kind of a jerk. Right. Um, but uh, just take like this was a really good episode for development for Clay. I also liked the bit with Omi and uh, the cow, even though it was a, a little bit on the edge of what I think is acceptable for a children's show. Um, I. It has charm, and I like that whole bit. It was funny. Yeah, so that's the part I was referring to the, uh, before we hit record, where I was like, this just kept me laughing, and I don't care. Like, even as a 25-year-old, I shouldn't keep laughing at this, but it's just funny. <laughs> what really seals it for me is that, like, every time he gets kicked out, it's the same, like, image of him getting kicked out of the barn. And just that repetition makes it, like, funnier every time you see it. Yeah. It's the point where he's, like, crawling up on the ceiling and, like, drop, like, he's not even trying to, like, actually milk the cow legitimately, like, sneaking up on it and shit. <laughs> yeah, it, that's definitely one of the funniest bits of the episode. Um, what does uh, he keep saying? He's like, I was, I will master the art of milk cow. Milking, milking cow, milking cow yeah. He does it in a weird way that I'm like, uh. I don't know about this. Yeah, it's like right on the edge, but 
he's also a kid, and I could totally see a kid being super excited about learning how to milk a cow. Yeah. Like, that is totally within the realm of what I think is acceptable for the age group, you know? Yeah. Also, him talking about, uh, I'll just use your milking parts instead, and <laughs> wiggling his fingers is kind of on the edge of adult humor a little bit. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> we all know where the milk comes from. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna say it. Um, mountain goats. Yeah. Yeah, mountain goats. Yeah. Um. All right, and then we've got our Shingon boot here. We got the Orbitor Nami and the Star Hanabi. Um, Orbitor Nami is like is gonna be Omi's signature Shingon Wu. Um. So I I really like the Orbitor Nami. Star Hanabi is supposed to be Kimiko's, but I don't know. I I, I probably like the Orbitor Nami is one of my favorite Shingon Wu. So. I would like the star better if it had been explained what yeah. it does in this episode. But I still, even though we see it in two episodes or the next episode, I have no idea what it does. Right. No. Yeah, it just rains fire, I believe. So, uh, but that's uh, that's about oh, all yeah, I know. Yeah. Like an elemental, you know, fire right. dragon Shenghong shoots fire. Right. It. Yeah. And any other thoughts on both these Wu? All right. Yeah, we'll see yeah. more. Oh, what mean, I'm sure you said it, but I think it's cool how like you know Clay's family just dug up the star. Yeah. And just had it. I mean, I feel like that could happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's a little convenient that it activates during their whole crisis, but it's like a good way of uh, you know demonstrating to Clay's father that he's a real man. Yeah. Business. Yeah. See, I like that the real aspect too of clay proving that he's a, a real man is when he stands up to his father and yeah. that it's not any metric on the things he's able to do it's like his personality developing that made the whole dynamic between them feel a lot better to me than it did beforehand because it's not about like being all masculine and crap right yeah and like Clay's usually super composed, but you see, like, every time his dad is around, he starts, like, kind of, like, yelling what he should be doing at him, and that's causing Clay to, like, lose his focus and, like, make a lot of, you know... Mistakes, yeah. He's just not as strong as when he becomes his own man, you know, at the end of the episode. Right. Right. It was a good way of illustrating that point, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um... And then we have our cowboy showdown, um, which again fits the episode. I I enjoyed the uh, Shaolin hoedown and uh, um, uh, funny story. So when Jack Spicer calls Clay a hick, uh, so as a kid, I believe this was in middle school. One of the only good memories from middle school for me. Uh, I believe uh, a teacher told us we were doing something with cowboys. I don't know how I remember this, but. Uh, our teacher was like, hey, uh, come up with some different names for cowboys. I wrote Hick on my paper because as a kid, I listened to Jack Spicer. And the teacher comes over and is like, that's mean, and crosses out Hick on my paper and walks away. <laughs> I think they also used the word bumpkin yeah. in uh, this episode, which is another one. It's just rude, but... <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't feel like any of them are that offensive unless you're like, you know a southern, like, tweaker on uh, a cow ranch that's already, like, jonesing to blow someone's head off. You call that guy a bumpkin, he might not take it too well. <laughs> you know, but Hick sounds like a way worse word than it actually is, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Agreed. Um, um, the the hoedown that was just a solid pun. Like I I didn't even find it all that funny. I just found it clever, and I I really enjoyed it for that reason. Yeah, I can agree. Um, Kearney, any more thoughts on the hoedown? Uh, Serpent's Tale is the best Shengong Wu again. <laughs> yeah. Should have won faster, is all I can say about that. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, he should have. Um, but again, it benefits Clay's development, so to yeah. not have him win instantly. So, um, and I... Was throwing him off. Now that then, put it. then it turns Harry Potter <laughs> looking for the snitch. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and his dad yelling, uh, somebody give him a pitchfork, and then you have pitchforks flying in. <laughs> Um, I like the flying farm equipment, uh, flying saddle, yeah, flying, uh, flying haystack. <laughs> you guys ever been in a saddle? That that shit is so painful. Like if you're not used to it. I've been horse. I've been horseback riding when I was a child, but uh, yeah, I can agree. It's very very painful. I have not uh, done it in a long time, but I will take your word for it. <laughs> I would say you're not missing much, but that's a coming from a 4-H family. It's you know blasphemy. Right. Um, all right. Any other funny lines? I mean, there's definitely aside from Omi getting kicked by the cow. Um, I love my favorite line is probably uh, Raymundo being like, "I like making fun of Omi, but he, sometimes he doesn't even know I'm doing it." And Omi's like, "Wait, you make fun of me?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um, that yeah. one is good, uh, and this is no pie. <laughs> oh yeah, pies of apple or cherry. Rhubarb. This is no, and he's like screaming. Yeah. Um, any other funny moments for you guys from episode ten? Nope. We covered it. Uh, oh, also, uh, Jack being like, "Why can't we have the mother son? Uh, why can't you? We have the uh, parental bond." And she's like, "Because uh, I'm not your mommy." And go pick up your toys and let's go home. Felt just a little lazy to me, just because I that's that shtick is done a lot. That's they, true. Like say, how come it's not this, and then it's immediately that. But yeah, you know, it's like you're saying, go pick up your toys, and he's like picking up chunks of charred robot. <laughs> <laughs> true. I feel um, like this brings up like why Jack and Wuya hang out because she's been really clear about like ditching him at any like point of benefits to her. And he just keeps her around for whatever reason. I guess he can't fully get rid of her, and he's using her to hunt down the Shangong Wu, but I feel like it's also because he has, like, mommy issues. Yeah. Well, it is, but she needs someone, too, who will be her, essentially, servant, which Jack's yeah. her best bet for that, because he's going to listen to her more than any of the other villains would. They would probably come up with their own agendas, but Wuya can manipulate Jack. True. True. That's real. I do also love when uh, Omi is, like, in the water and he does, like, the little tornado spin and is above the water because it's his element. Like, I love that they're starting to grow their powers more. Yeah, in these episodes, it really, we are starting to see some of the them actually being the dragons of those. But also, since at the end of episode 12, they get, like, advanced to the next level, it reminds me that they're in training and that, that like, they're at the very beginning of their training mm -hmm. most of them so for them to not really have their elemental powers yet i guess is not all that bad because right. they get them as they grow as uh dragons right yeah 
right it's cool to have this show represent that growth like even it's pretty subtle but i feel like it's still there very much yeah i mean we're slowly yeah we're slowly getting them growing into who they're going to be later um all right let's move on to maybe one of the best episodes of the show uh I, I think uh, episode 11, Royal Rumble. I mean, it's just such a fun episode. Um, there's so many good lines. Uh, and just to see uh, the Cat Nappe, Tubby Murrah, and uh, the Chameleon Bot return uh, from the past episodes is really, really cool. So, I also like that all of the dragons, well, except for Omi, just get their asses handed to them. Mm-hmm. Um, this episode could have stood to be a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I wasn't upset with the pacing. Like, I was fine with it where it was. I also would have liked it if it were um, maybe 10 minutes longer so we got more of each of the fights. Right. I can agree yeah. with that. Kearney, any any other thoughts initially? Uh, um, I was excited to get back to this one because I remember liking it the last time we watched it, and yeah, that did not disappoint. Mm-hmm. It's uh, pretty frantic in the middle part. and Yeah, I mean, like... This episode and the next one are, like, really setting up the end of the season well, I feel like. Shit keeps getting more, like, desperate. Right. And, I mean, yeah, we, I mean, the threats are getting larger, um, for sure, as we go. Yeah, they brought Tubby Murrah back, so the threats are big. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I really like Tubby Murrah, but, again, you said it was the, the fart joke that they made again when someone landed on him. I don't need that. Right. Because... Honestly, like, they don't make, for the most part, this show doesn't make a joke of him being a large man, and that's great. He just is large, but he's also a badass ninja, and I really like that vibe, but then they go and do stupid stuff like that, and it takes away from it. Yeah, well, I mean, that's just, unfortunately, because it's a kid's show, they're going to make more fart jokes. Yeah. Oh, man, I'm not going to lie, bro, like, it only happened once this episode, and I... I was like, yep, he farted, I laughed. (laughs) (laughs) Not proud of it. Um, All right, and I mean, I love that you have four showdowns going on at the same time. You have them switching back and forth, like, between them. Like, and it's set up so that, you know, they start the showdown, switches to all of them starting it. Then you have everyone but Omi start to, like, lose, and then find, or maybe they're, like, in a better spot than they are going to be and then all of a sudden they lose so except for omi who wins so i yeah and i like that omi won then he drinks his own backwash <laughs> but uh no i would have liked if this episode had ended on a cliffhanger of the other three getting captured and then have it resolved in the next episode Mm -hmm. i think that would have been a good way to um do the storytelling um i'm also though i'm not upset at all with the shangon Wu being the reason that they win because they really hit that point home of the teamwork makes them so much stronger right right and we'll get to that shortly with uh that uh any any other thoughts on the showdowns themselves omis is like visually like so good yeah color palette changes the even like the jackbots they introduced that segment looks sweet the spider bots yeah yeah um it's very like in character for the show oh or i I should i should probably phrase it better but like the fact that he like drinks the water i don't know it's a it's not the first time i've seen that bit done but it goes back to like when master fung smashes the the 
the ceramic turtle or whatever to keep them from winning, you know? Right. Outside the box thinking. Mm-hmm. I continue to um, like and be surprised by the way that they use the environment to their advantage. Like uh, Catnappe uh, calling Kimiko's phone to draw the attention of the alligators or crocodiles. I don't know which they were. Right. Or Tabimura um, throwing fish at clay <laughs> to bring the seals and break the ice. I mean, that one's a little bit more far-fetched, but I really enjoyed the the gag there that they did. Yeah. yeah. Pretty clever. With him throwing all the stuff out of his pockets. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it was really, really cool. Um, so, uh, really, this whole episode of the monks not getting along, and we get more Jack and Booyah banter, uh, we, I'm assuming we'll get to, like, some of those funny lines soon, but it's really, really cool, and that goes into... We, we should talk about the Shangon Wu with that. So we got the Lotus Twister, the Longy Kite, the Ton of Saipin, and the Sunchi Lantern. Um, Sunchi Lantern, uh, I think, is really, really cool how it comes into play here um, at the end with bringing them together. Um, I also actually like the Ton of Saipin with talking to animals, and we saw that come into play in the very next episode, and it does come into yeah. play more later, so... I feel like the lantern could be really overpowered, especially if they do more Shenyi Boo dares. Mm-hmm. Like they could use that as one of them. Just take the power of all their teammates, and then still have uh, um, a Shangan Wu to use. Right. Yeah, I can agree with that, Kearney. Um, yeah, the lantern's definitely the one that like sticks out the most as being super useful. I want to see more of the tongue and side ping getting used. I know we see in the next episode, but. Like there's some some good material there. Mm-hmm. I have nothing to say about the other two. Yeah, it's it, just you know, we see the I lotus like the design of the kite a lot, and I like how it's it kind of moves around on its own. Like we were talking about the serpent's tail. Right, it's a dragon, right? It did fly around on its own, right? I'm not just imagining. Yeah, yeah, it did. It did. Yeah, I I enjoyed I enjoyed um I enjoyed that as well. I mean, yeah, I would agree. Longy Kite and Lotus Twister are just kind of there, and Lotus Twister just makes you stretch around and rubbery, so. You know, speaking of, within the next episode um, where they do the Shaolin Showdown to collect the acorns, I also really like that they, whoever does the Shaolin Showdown always picks a challenge that's suited to their um, Shangan Wu that they're going to use. Right. Um, it's just, it, it shows... I just like the way that they fight in this show. It's never constantly the same thing. They're always doing all these different, like, strategic planning uh, things to win the, the the showdowns. Yeah, 100%. And that was kind of my... After replaying the video game recently, uh, earlier this month, I mean, they didn't capture the different showdowns as much at all because they... The video game, unfortunately, recycles, like, the same, like, three or four different showdowns in different formats. Mm. But, um, which, I mean, there's only, like, one. Oh. I'm good. That's good. Um, you know, there's only one of those showdowns in the video game that I'll play more than the other ones, which is, there's, like, a tag, and there's different formats of tag, and that's probably, like, the only fun one, to be honest. So, um, all right, uh, then, um, 
Let's talk about the funnies in this episode. Um, I mean, we get a lot from Booyah and Jack bantering and the monks not getting along at, in this episode, but um, I would say Raimundo's reactions are pretty funny. Obviously, uh, Omi using Clay's earth element and making Toby Murrow's eyes bulge out of his head is really, really funny. That was really good. I also really liked Kimiko's impressions of the others and when uh, her face changed yeah. to be like Clay and Raimundo. <laughs> That was good. Also, we got to talk about the pudding cups. Is that this episode? <laughs> yeah, that's... It, it had me, like, crying. Yeah. <laughs> it opens up, and he's, like, he's like screaming, like, who took the last pudding cup? Uh, how am I supposed to conquer the world when we're out of pudding? <laughs> You're supposed to be looking for shit, we not pudding. My absolute favorite uh, comedic piece of any of these four episodes, though, was Master Fung with the boulder falling on his toe. Yes. Because he hides it so well until after they leave. <laughs> That's great, too. Um, I love also on the pudding cup that Toby Murrow, first thing he says when he comes in, <laughs> I heard we we were out of pudding cups or something. <laughs> yeah, like, who's been eating the pudding? Because it's not the robots and it's not Wuya. So are they, like, I guess it's Toby Murrow. <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize they were, like, going to Jack's house raiding his fridge a lot it's not that weird to think about either yeah um and i I do like also that we did talk about i think last week when jack stole from the monks the monks stole from jack this episode which was really cool so oh also also it never fails to make me laugh jack saying i'm gonna bust you up little man and then running away like a pussy is this the episode where he says, um, I guess I'll just leave with my patented catchphrase? Oh, that was last episode. Okay. He patented, see you later, losers. <laughs> I think it was what he said. Yeah. He patented it. How just, like, petty do you have to be to patent something stupid like that? It's, it's Jack, so Jack Spicer, <laughs> and I love it. Yeah, I, I love... Everything about Jack is just perfect in this show. Um, We're all cults of Jack Spice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, I just... That's why I need Doofenshmirtz and Jack Spicer to somehow cross over. Because I... Even though they probably won't get along at first at all, I just need the ultimate uh, duo of uh, villainous stupidity. (laughs) So... um, any uh, any other uh, funny funny moments from episode eleven? Oh, bro, the scene where they're meditating. Yeah. And it's like, oh man, tell Clay that his shadow is like blocking my light. And he starts <laughs> to tell Clay as if he didn't hear him. Clay's like, tell Kimiko, I'll cast my shadow wherever I damn well please. And then you have Raybundo in the in the corner, just like getting pissed. The first of many times where his head like grows to gargantuan proportion, he's like, we. Homie, tell Clay and Kimiko, they're driving me crazy. <laughs> yeah. So there's a, it, episode eleven is is definitely one of my favorites overall of the show, but um, there's definitely way more fun episodes to come, of course. All right, uh, now for probably the most serious episode, but there's still some fun moments, of course. But uh, episode twelve, Mala Mala John, and uh, what are your guys' thoughts on this episode and this uh, new character that is made entirely out of Shengan Wu? Well, again, like, I really like the serious tone the show is moving towards. I really, really do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that we're finally seeing Wuya be more like what 
we've been what she's been built up to be like she really is going for world domination um i i don't want all of these serious plot lines to get resolved in the same episode i want more of the villains actually winning mm-hmm. um because like i i mala mala Zhang was just supposed to be unbeatable and then gets beat this episode so to me, that just sets up for the show that any challenge that gets presented, they're going to find their way around, which, of course, that's the way it's going to be anyway. But, like, if you're setting this up as an unbeatable challenge and then it still gets beaten, not easily, but relatively easily, mm-hmm. it just kind of takes away from the suspense, in my opinion. Yeah, that, that's very that's a very fair point, for sure. Uh, Kearney? But Mala Mala Zhang was really cool, Yeah, I will say. Yeah, for sure. Kearney, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I guess, it. Does, I get what you're saying. There is, like, a little bit of, um, I wish they hadn't built him up to be so invincible and still, like, beaten. But, you know, um, one thing I do really like about the show is there's so much synergy between the Shangong Wu and, like, having, like, several of them come together to form, like, a whole-ass dude that's, like, the biggest threat they've seen thus far is really sick. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I love seeing stuff like that in shows. And, uh, yeah, just, um, kind of what I was saying earlier, like, I like how the stakes keep getting higher and things keep getting more desperate and it's, it's really building up for, uh, the end of the season. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, I'm excited to finish season. I'm excited, excited to continue in the show. Um, but yeah, the, the end of the first season is very, very good. So, um, this definitely sets it up well. Um, uh, I'm to the point where I actually, like, I want to go back and watch the rest of, like, the show right now instead of just waiting until next week, you know? I totally... Yeah, this was the first time I didn't want to wait to watch the next episode. Yeah, me too. Right. Yeah. I mean, at least, uh, at least, you know, we'll be done with... We'll be able to continue uh, through the next couple months. But yeah, I totally get what you guys are saying. I mean, I might start rewatching the next few episodes anyway as well. So uh, I appreciate that you like have watched this stuff multiple times over because, you know, I watched all four episodes before we started this today and I'm already like forgetting stuff, but you, you know, you're more dialed in and that's helping keep this thing afloat. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Texted me that he was rewatching them, and then I was. This was at like twelve something. I'm like, oh shit, I forgot to watch Shaolin Showdown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I haven't had like internet in my apartment the whole time that I've like lived here. So when we were doing this previously, it was at my parents' house, and I had just gotten off the phone with the internet company today so they could switch my internet on, and I was like, oh shit, I have to do that. It was like noon. Ah, I'm never gonna get through this in time. I don't really want to watch all this shit right now. But then when I started watching it, I was just like, "Oh, yeah, these episodes are really good." Yeah, you know. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad that this week started ramping up for sure. Um, thoughts on the heart of John? I mean, I guess we kind of talked about with Mala Mala John already. Um, but it's it's cool to have this like heart. You actually have like the heartbeat sound effects with it too, and uh, it's something that. It does come into play later again, um, I'll say, but just have something that can, like, make inanimate, unliving objects alive is really, really cool. Is that really, though, like, what it is, or is it specifically Shang Gong Wu? 
Um, it can do more. It can do more than just Shengon Wu. It can do any inanimate object uh, based on what happens. There, there's stuff that happens with it later in the show. Gotcha. So um, I thought it was really cool. Uh, I, I I was thinking that maybe this would have been the episode that they brought back the Sapphire Dragon, but instead they opted for the Tiger Claws. I like that they're bringing the more powerful Shengon Wu's uh, back. And yeah. so many of them have been discovered now. I love the bit with Jack um, trying to make a spreadsheet of them. <laughs> to keep track, yeah. Yeah, that's really, really fun for sure. Um, yeah, I love the Golden Tiger Claws, so to bring them back, <laughs> even if it's just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go to the Earth's core and grab <laughs> these Tiger yeah, Claws. scales the best Shangong Wu again. Yeah. <laughs> I I'm ready to die in this hill. See, but it wasn't the one that beat Malamalajong. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, the Eye of Dashi would roast okay. you. <laughs> Apparently. Um, right, but... let's keep watching the show. Let's see which one is the most beautiful <laughs> overall. <laughs> yeah, we... I agree with Kearney. We will see. Um, maybe as early as next week. I don't know. Um... <laughs> Um, alright, uh, uh, there's a lot of fun stuff here, too, the acorn gathering, um, Omi's fear of this, squirrels. This showdown was gorgeous, by the way. Oh, yeah, I loved this showdown, um, and just, like, again, Jack cheats again by, I, I mean, I don't know if it's cheating, but I'd probably say it's cheating, because he just, uh, puts himself in front to, uh, slingshot Omi, so I, I, that was pretty cool to do. Yeah. I feel like the showdown itself, because it's kind of this magical thing, wouldn't have counted Omi's acorns towards Jack Spicer. Like, he then kind of, like, stole Omi's acorns. I feel like... I, like, I'm still fine with Jack Spicer having collected more because he took Omi out for part of it. That doesn't bother me at all. Mm -hmm. I just... I don't know. I It's magical and... Not, I don't know. There are no rules. <laughs> yeah. The points are made up and the rules don't matter. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Omi's, Omi becomes afraid of squirrels after that. So I will say that does come into play later. Um, One very happy squirrel. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, uh, so other funnies. Um, I think Master Fun... Okay, it's probably not that funny, but, like, the fact that Master Fun's like, oh, yeah, it's not the end of the world if we lose one. He's like, what What did you lose? The heart of Jean, and Master Fun just has a heart attack. Like, Dude, he turns blue. Yeah. Like, Dude, it's not okay. Yeah. It's just, like, <laughs> it's an ironic statement. I think Jackpot Spicer is like, uh, that's my nickname, you know? That's funny, too. Um, and William's just like, you are so not. And he's like, and Jack's like, uh, they don't need to know that. Um, and, uh, and then also the, my, another funny part is like, this is building, like building a snowman. And he's like, I got way out of you. A carrot nose. Like, and Booya just gets so pissed at him. Like, I don't know that that's gold to me. So any other thing the show does do really well is just continue to have the kids do kid things. Right. Yeah, I can agree with that. Um, any other funny moments from episode 12? I can't think of anything. I feel like humor was not the core of this episode. Oh, yeah, I, I mean, well, there's... Dojo 
and the s'mores was an awesome little bit. And he just gives up on him at the end. I just Dojo is my one of my favorite things about this show all the time. Yeah, uh, tonight's potluck is off then. <laughs> oh, you. Silly, silly boy. Uh, also, I don't know why. I uh, We should probably talk about Raymundo to finish it off. But uh, I, I'm not a... Him saying I'm not afraid of some Mala Mala Dinjon thing. Um, and that even though that's kind of a serious thing. <laughs> but it's kind of funny. Um, uh, and then we got uh, the Dern talking gophers. <laughs> so... What that was about? The... That was when Omi took the serpent's tail and missed... And came out of the oh, yeah. ground for the farmer. Yeah. <laughs> Just... talking gophers. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, let's talk about Raimundo and kind of this trajectory of him being... And we know raimundo has been a stubborn character since the start. Um, but here, really, the stubbornness uh, and his uh, unwillingness to listen um, here pays, uh, pays off uh, for his character. Or doesn't pay off. <laughs> Because uh, he ignores Master Fun's directions, thinks he's trying to help, but really he should have just listened. Um, and it costs him moving up with the others, so um, and obviously makes him uh, not want to be there anymore. So I guess where do you guys? I, I guess Kearney's gonna know where this goes, and I know where it goes. But JJ, where where do you think this is gonna lead for Raymundo? Well, because of the stupid synopsis of the next episode, it says that they now fight Raimundo, who's turned over to the other side. Okay, uh, well. <laughs> so I know that, but uh, I, I think that, I honestly think since next episode's last one of the season, we might actually get a cliffhanger with Raimundo, like, kind of back and forth on who he wants to, whose side he wants to be on. But I definitely think he'll come back. Yeah. Um, I, I do, uh, just on a tangent to this, it does make me wonder what other powers Wuya is hiding. I know that Wuya is probably not at full strength being a ghost and everything, but she can just go in his head and read his thoughts. That's cool. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think it adds to the character for her to have these like hidden powers that she uses when it's necessary to manipulate the situation. So... It's it's really really cool and yeah she is definitely not at her full strength and uh, we're gonna we have more to see from Wuya for sure, um, but uh, I think that's it for this uh, other than our nerdy news segment. But um, oh, I got more to add about this episode. Oh yeah, go for it, Kearney. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I always like seeing Master Fung fight and he busts out a lot of that old man kung fu in this episode. And, <laughs> I don't know. It reminds me a lot of Kung Fu Panda. How. Uh, the Shifu is like holding off Tai Lung at the end and I mean mm-hmm. that dude's just ready to lay his life down in this case and you see all the other monks fight which is pretty uncommon too. Right. Which also makes me wonder like why none of them ever go on the hunts for the Shangong Wu. Because they're too old. <laughs> I guess. But yeah which, which further serves the point that like hey this is a whole problem. Um, you know I like how you feel like Ramundo's anger building up but it comes from a good place like he yeah. just really wants to like protect his friends and his home right, right. now but speaking of sorry are you no, I'm good go for it uh the, i don't remember which episode it was but the episode oh it was the first episode uh in new york where ray mundo is all like oh me you're back we were so worried about you <laughs> that was a nice little moment mm-hmm. um like i 
they always he's always making fun of everybody, but he really does care. Oh, absolutely, and I, I yeah, like moments like that, you do. Like, you still like Raimundo, even though he's going through this, and yes, he shouldn't have gone, um, disobeyed Master Fun, but you totally get where he's coming from at that, with that, so, um, and I... It's very Anakin Skywalker with his emotions. Oh, yeah, I, like, and this is even, like, while the prequels are going on, this might, Shallon Showdown might have started after, like, at least episode two, but it's before like episode three. So that's actually interesting to think about. Cause like, this is even before we see Anakin finish turning to the dark side in the prequels of star Wars. But I mean, we obviously everybody knew before revenge of the Sith came out, that's where it was headed. So. Yeah. I mean, I don't really see Raymundo going and killing a whole bunch of kids. But... No, no, <laughs> no. And to be more clear, nothing about Shallon show down is like star wars no <laughs> like any perspective i mean they did but go to space <laughs> did they in the show in the showdown with yeah. jermaine uh, yeah. Well, yeah so it's like star wars meets space jam it's pretty much the show, <laughs> in a show. If you like either of those properties um you will love every episode of shallow showdown yeah Fact. yeah well but i get what you're saying what you guys are saying with like or what you're saying kearney with like yes it it matches with Anakin Skywalker aside from him going full on and killing people and uh and turning into Darth Vader like I get like aside from that um but uh so uh I think that's it for this week unless you guys have anything else I mean we'll get into our nerdy news here um but anything else about Shaolin Showdown this week nope good excited for more yeah yeah, I'm excited for more, too. So, nerdy news. Uh, only thing I have, I think, is that the Moon Knight trailer uh, just uh, debuted this week. Um, and that's coming out March 30th. Uh, for- unfortunately, that seemed to come with some tragedy. I believe one of the, not Oscar Isaac, but, like, one of the actors that is portraying a character in that show uh, ended up dying in a ski accident this week, too. So. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So, um, I believe it's the actor that is portraying Midnight, a character called Midnight Man in Moon Knight. So, we'll see. But, um, I believe that's the news that came out this week. So, but do you guys have any thoughts on Moon Knight or? Yeah, I got a couple things. Um, Baby Shark becomes the first YouTube video to hit 10 billion views. Um, Ozark season four drops today on Netflix. And Mission Impossible seven and eight got pushed back each by a year, basically. That's okay. honestly nuts. Like, is Tom Cruise even going to be able to like? Because Tom Cruise is up there at this point. So yeah, I think he's in his fifties or sixties. I think he's in his sixties, but I don't know. Like, that's just crazy to me that he's still doing these giant action movies. That I mean, he literally. Like, he does his own stunts, too, so, like, I think, I remember he broke his foot doing one of the stunts for one of the past Mission Impossibles, so, like. He's 59 now. Okay. So, about 60, but that that's still ridiculously nuts that he still does his own stunts and that those movies are still happening at this point. Right. So, but, Kearney, you got any other nerdy news? Um, nothing too big, but just, um. I don't know if you guys know about like Nintendo Switch on. I'm sure you know like Switch Online has the like the Super Nintendo and NES games. Um, mm-hmm. It's this expansion pack 
tech thing where you can get N64, which I hear isn't running really well. But what's neat is like Banjo Kazooie is going to be on there soon, which mm. I don't know if you cool. guys are fans of that one, but I, I've since I've known about that game, I've been really saddened by the fact that Nintendo like has had no ties with Banjo Kazooie, so it's really cool to see it getting put on their system again, even if it's in kind of a shitty medium. Um, right. Apparently, Majora's Mask is getting added as well, which is Ooh. another game that doesn't get enough respect. I feel like, but it's really, really cool. When I had an N sixty four, Banjo Kazooie was my favorite game on it. Yeah. And uh, like a year ago, maybe two years ago, on Xbox Game Pass, um, I I was playing Banjo Kazooie again, and I got I got back into it. So that's cool that it's coming back. I mean, they did add him as one of the DLC characters in Smash, but it's cool to get yeah. the game again. Yeah. That made me super happy as well. But It's a good platformer. Yeah. I think it's one of the best. Side tension, I've been playing Mario 64 recently, and that game is good, but the controls are so bad by modern <laughs> standards. Banjo-Kazooie <laughs> is still pretty rough, but like, I played a lot more of that game, and I had way less frustrations with it, so... Yeah. yeah, playing old games always reminds me of just how far games have come. I mean, yeah. you can even some things that are still super popular, like Skyrim, has just terrible graphics by today's standards, you know? I mean, unless yeah. you use the mods that make the game, like, finished and working, or so I'm told. Yeah, I'm not a version. PC gamer, I don't mod, so... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I tried replaying Skyrim at JJ's when I was there for Spider-Man, and uh, I had I didn't even get that far, because I, I don't know if it was, like, the controls or whatever, or how old the game was, but I just wasn't having as much fun with it as I used to. So, yeah, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think... Uh, one other thing I wanted to... Oh, sorry, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, go for We're it. Still. No, go for it. Okay. I don't know how, like... Any, anyway... Right after I watched uh, Spider-Man the other week, I checked out that show Euphoria that's starring Zendaya. Ooh. Um, I'm literally looking yeah. at an ad for it right now on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, it's everywhere all of a sudden. Like, I swear to God, since I started watching it. like, So I really liked it. I thought it was pretty good. And uh, the second season's ongoing right now. But what's kind of interesting, and I don't think it'll happen, but... You guys might appreciate there's an interview with Zendaya where she's talking about like trying really hard to get Tom Holland to cameo in it. <laughs> just have him be like drunk in the back of a party or something. And oh man, I just think that'd be awesome. Yeah. I, that way. They're, a, they're a great couple uh, off screen uh, too. So I mean, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not going to be surprised when, uh, when Tom ends up proposing to Zendaya. So yeah. Feel like I feel like that's confident. I feel like that's going to happen. I mean, just based on their relationship, but uh, could be wrong, and they could end up not getting married. Married, I don't know. But um, yeah, I, I think that's all we have now at this point. Um, but uh, next week, uh, more book of Boba Fett, more Shaolin Showdown. We'll be wrapping up the arc of season one uh but we'll be covering 13 14 15 and 16 so starting season two um uh so um that's going to be really really fun so uh otherwise we will see you guys next week on the tribe of nerds